This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners, including references to suicide. Please check the show notes for a more detailed description and contact Lifeline if you need support on 131114. I'm Anita Annabelle and you're listening to The Good Chat, a podcast with honest conversations all in the name of, well, a good chat. It was so bad what happened to me that was either end my life or just like live life. One of the biggest things I think I've learned going through my life is life, life's about giving. It's about giving back. For a while there, we were compared to like the Hilton sisters, which is hilarious when you saw skateboarding up at Cronulla barefoot. On today's episode, I chat to Lizzie Sobanoff. We've seen countless characters come out of the hit TV series Married at First Sight Australia that very little managed to maintain their media profile. That hasn't been the case for Lizzie. She is star of not one, but two seasons of Married at First Sight. We watched her go from a victim of an emotionally manipulative relationship to a champion of body positivity and women's liberation. But before the show, Lizzie's life was controlled by a debilitating chronic disease and she had a decision to make. It was so bad what happened to me that was either end my life or just like live life. Now, in her second season, you may have seen her get a happy ending with her groom, Seb. However, they've since split and this is the first time she opens up about it. It was really, really hard. And what people also don't know is because he's the first guy, my first proper boyfriend. Some may pigeonhole her as a reality TV star, but after you hear our conversation, you will see she is so much more than that. Please welcome my very first guest, Lizzie Sobanoff. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm well. You were so cute, by oh, the way. Stop it. So are you. This is such a mutual appreciation society that the two of us have. I know, right? I love it though. It's good. I'm like so excited that we're doing this. I think, um, you know, when I decided to start a podcast, I was like, who am I going to get on? And you and I have been wanting to do something for so long. So I am so glad that you are able to do this. Thank you so much. For you. For you, Anita. I got my tea ready too as well. Like, Oh, yeah, to sip or to pour? Like to, to give us the tea or to, to sip it? Well, I don't know. It depends how it goes. I just might have verbal diarrhea so things might come out or I don't know. That was disgusting, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, let's get started. I want to tell you about the first time that I met you. So I remember I was literally your very first interview ever, ever. We're talking yeah. ever for Married at First Sight, wasn't mm-hmm. I? You were, and, the cra- and you were so, and the cra- but you were so kind. Oh, thank you. But you know what was really interesting about this this interview that you and I did? Um, I wasn't even meant to be doing that interview. Like it was one of those things that it was just like this serendipitous moment. One of the girls from the magazines, she was like, hey, Anita, I'm going to be away. We really need some help. And she put me onto the Married at First Sight cast. It was the first time I'd ever done anything with Married at First Sight and you happened to be my very first interview. I was your very first interview. And we have been friends ever since. Like I just think that is so incredible. It's like one of those things that you're just, it's just what's meant to be. Don't you agree? It's fate. (laughs) (laughs) It was fated. 
It was faded from mm. the moment we met. And then every time we've gone out, everyone's like, you came to my birthday. Like, you truly yeah. are one of those people that I really consider to be such a good friend and we were so lucky to meet. But, yeah. you know, I guess let's start Let's start from the beginning. And, you know, I'm a journalist and yet you're sitting here doing a podcast with me um, and you've done so much media. But... I want to know, obviously you and I have a really great relationship, but, like, how do you know personally when to trust a journalist? Do you ever? No, I just felt like with you, I'm big on energy and I've actually said that in many interviews beforehand, even when I did the show ages ago, I just go with my gut feeling. There was something about you that what you were presenting to me was just genuine, whereas other people, I feel I feel like this is, like, for anybody that, there's just, even though someone might be nice to your face or saying all the right things, there's like a unsettling in your um, gut about it. It's hard. So since doing the show, people just assume they know everything about me. You know, I've done the show twice now and the first time I was only filmed for about three weeks. Um, yeah. The first time I did Married at First Sight and it's so crazy how big that was where I was just like, oh, it's just something that, you know, that I, that I just did in my own personal life. So it's, it's very weird to have that audience that think that they know the ins and outs of you. Do you get media training? I don't think I've ever asked you that. No. <gasps> no. No media That's training. Crazy. So, but I think with me, I think another reason why, um, they asked me to go on a second time of Married at First Sight it's because the first time I handled myself so well when I did get um, quite a <laughs> lot thrown at me. Um, yeah. I'm going to put my hand up and say that I probably got the worst experience about any, out of anyone on that show ever. Um, yeah, for the first season for yeah, sure with Sam. Yeah. Yeah, and I just feel like a lot of the things, you know, they carry over to this day, which is another reason why I don't do – press on it really at all because it's just on the same sort of topic and certain things that I can't ever escape when it was only like three weeks of my life the first time around. And speaking of, let's, I mean, I know this story, but I don't know how many people really know how you got on maths <laughs> um, because, I mean, your life has pretty much been this for three and a half years. Tell everybody <laughs> how you got on to Married at First Sight. So I was actually, all right, so... Going right back, I was um, I was sick for a very long time. So I was on a disability pension for close to a decade. So I started getting really um, sick and having all the issues around, like well, dealing with doctors and what happened to me. I had a misdiagnosis around 16. And so I just decided um, I got off the meds. Um, doctors basically congratulated me for coming off them alive. Um, and I was like, okay, well, well, because it really did come down to it was so bad what happened to me that was either end my life or just like live life, right? Wow. So I just decided to, I was in Newcastle living with my parents. My mum was my carer. And then I just said, as I, you know, retrained myself, I was, because I, I lost a lot of senses, but I was so numbed out on this medication that um, I was like, I'm going to move to Sydney. And so my brother, who I'm so close with, his family lives down in Hornsby and um, he let me move in with him. And I got a job just like that and I made manager on the third day and I was so proud of myself. And I always used to think to myself, if I could tell my story or just stand up for what I believe in, you know, that'd be a great opportunity. But I thought, who am I? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, 
no one knows mm. who I am and this world who's really going to listen. So I just started working at um, a jewelry shop, jewelry shop over in um, Northern Beaches and did so well there that I got moved to another one because I brought the store up in the financial year. I know I'm, this is, I'm so proud of this moment. Um, and so I was going to the bathroom and I remember I was having a particularly um, shitty day and I was like, oh, my God, like I feel like shit. I feel like I look like shit. And I noticed there was two people staring at me. I was like, whatever. And so, like, I went to the bathroom and I came out and they're like, excuse me, excuse me. I'm thinking, okay, well, I've had a shitty day in sales as well. Like, it was just a shit day all over. And I was like, how can I, like, lead these two people back to the shop? And they just said to me, uh, have you ever thought about going on reality TV? And I was like, <laughs> no. Um, and then they're just, like, married at first sight. Have you, you know, do you watch it? And I said, no, I don't. I've never watched it. But um, I have, like, because the drive from, like, Cornsby to um, – Northern Beaches, like DY, was just like the traffic there is sh- yeah, crazy. Yeah. And I would hear all the interviews like on Kyle and Jackie O and that. And so I heard a little bit about it but never actually watched it. And they just said to me like, oh, can we take your photo? And I remember I was half leading them back to my store because I was like, all right, I'm going to try and get a sale and whatever. And so they're like, take a photo. And I just remember saying to the girl, no, that's really shit lighting. Like, let's do it again. <laughs> And I think I was just, cause I was just so over the top with it because I'm half there trying to get a sale out of them. And then also just like, oh, but then I really thought about it and I thought, oh my God, how crazy would this be to get on there? And eventually, you know, I could sort of talk a little bit about what I believe in and touch a little bit on, you know, my story, what's happened mm. to me. And I got a call back the next day and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to make myself so over the top. <laughs> like I'm going to be like, pam, pam, pam. so I actually I haven't, Oh my God. Like I just kind of maybe embellished my life prior to that <laughs> yeah. because I didn't want to tell producers that, Oh, I'm from a disability pension. I haven't really had any, I haven't, you know, I've dated people and like coming off the medicine, like I was started seeing people, you know, when I was in high school, but other than that, like there was a huge chunk where I was so sick. So I was like, Oh yeah. Like, well, it's so shit and everything like that. Like I was full, <laughs> like, you were having my it. big fur coat and everything. I was hamming it up. I was just like, yes. I was just like, oh, whatever. And then, well, it worked because two weeks later I was cast. That is insanity. And look how much your life has changed in that three and a half years. But I really want to touch back on what you said about, you know, it was end your life or live your life. What what does that mean? Yeah. What happened to your body? Well, I lost everything. So I lost my mind. I lost the way, like, some bodily functions. Um, like I lost, like, I just wasn't my the medicine sort of rewired my brain. I didn't even look like me. You know, I had um, drug-induced schizophrenia. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was, I was schizophrenic, but it's weird because I can't remember any of it because it was all drug-induced. So it's hard because I talk to a lot of people who are mentally ill, but I can't um, get on that level because it's weird when you're coming off that stuff and the way that I retrain my brain, mm. how I, I can't relate anymore. Like, Anyway, so I just basically, you can feel it or rewind your brain. You know, I, I'm photosensitive. So I remember um, my parents got me a stationary bike and I just sat out in the light and was just like, so I could build up my um, resilience against it. Uh, it was a lot of training. I had um, a couple of girlfriends that really, they really were invested in me. I lost a lot of people. Um, people couldn't understand because my, what happens with me is that there was something on a deeper surface that was going on and I decided I need to help. But unfortunately with the medical system, they kind of go, and this is another thing, you know, I know there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, Oh, you lost weight because of a comment on the show. It's like, no, I was um, 
extremely underweight during my teen years. I was just so sick. So they kind of just thought they went down the mental health route when there's underlying stuff. So it's just been a really difficult um, battle with it all. So it was kind of like I lost everything. I was basically a couch potato where I was dribbling, <laughs> like, like literally, like not joking, like dribbling, like just completely numbed up just to, and this, it wasn't like any depressants. This wasn't like any of that sort of stuff. I mean, that's what originally I was put on, but because I'm so sensitive to medication, it was like, I was on hardcore, hardcore medication. Yeah. And yeah. when you said it manifested as a schizophrenia, do you, so you're saying you yeah. don't remember any of that. Is that like something that, do you know what you did? Did you, did you think you could hear people? What, what was that about? So what it, what it kind of, okay. So there are voices that happen. And then also like, think about, all right. So light and sound um, and even movement are like nails on a chalkboard. So I remember that. So it's just like things that people don't even recognize when they get up in the morning and stuff like that. Like the way that light would hit, the way that your body senses it is that it's like so loud. Mm. Um, I, there was a point I hadn't been in a shopping center. So when I first got sick, I hadn't been in a shopping, like a large shopping center for about four years, four to five years because the noise, the lighting in it, like it was just the way that it would penetrate your brain. So I do remember that. And, um, I even, so even now, like if you see me out in a shopping center and there's an escalator, you will see that I try to like, my balance is off. Avoid it. Yeah. So I have this joke that like, I'm like Bambi, like I can't walk in a straight line, but it's because there's been a, um, my balance isn't fully there, but that's because of the medication. And so are you, you're on medication now or are you are now no. you're off it completely? Nothing. Completely. That's they were just incredible. like, oh, whoops, mistake. <gasps> yeah. Basically it's been a real, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. So there's no, there's no mental health. I was cleared of everything and it's just been, it was just completely epic, but that's, so uh, coming from the show, bringing it to that, like people go like, how can she be that confident and how, like, as if she really doesn't give a shit, right? Like about what people think about her. And it was true. It's true. Yeah, it is Because it's kind of like, I've been through so much. And when you've been so sick and you basically lose everything, because I also had a hairdressing apprenticeship and everything. I started working at the age of 14. And when I first got put on medication was 16, and I was already getting people, other people jobs, like 23 year old girls jobs. Um, I just, and I was already trained in nails and waxing and everything by the time I was 15. And everything was lost. I think this might give a little bit of an industry secret or a secret away, but I remember when I first met you during that time and and I used to kind of laugh because you used to say to me, Anita, I just don't care and also I do it for the shock value. You'd be like, (laughs) she's laughing because it's true and the shock value of like changing your look every five seconds was to really, it was just a bit of a shock value and it wasn't, and not an attention-seeking, way at all it was really just like you know I'm just going to change my look today and like everybody loved it or they lapped it up or they were like Lizzie cut all the hair off or Lizzie's got extensions I couldn't understand yeah you really couldn't it was like it was hilarious how can someone chop and change those must be so unstable blah 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 but also there was a message behind that so I was kind of doing like an experiment with everyone oh my god like people are gonna hate me for this but it was like (laughs) I was going to speak truthfully and what I was saying was going to be authentic and I was going to stand up for myself. But I know, so I've always been, I look at how people perceive people because of their appearance. Mm. So I was like, if I may, and I remember at the reunion, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to confront people and everything like that. So I'm going to be so like, I look like the Joker. It was fabulous and I in was the like, green dress and you were like telling I know, it was right? amazing. But I'll never I, forget it. Everyone's like, what the hell? And I was like, well, I wanted to basically... 
speak truthfully and let people know that appearance doesn't matter so they could see past all that. And it was actually crazy because that's when I had, like, I saw everything that was actually, what actually was happening behind my back. And so the producers were like, she's going to start crying. Like no one can handle this. And I was like, "Mm -mm, Miss Sassy Pants. So (laughs) it was really good because what I intended actually the most craziest thing happened from it because I saw how bad people were speaking about me or how bad people were acting. And in the media and afterwards, people really resonated with that and they got past the appearance. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of like you can look past someone's appearance. As I grow and as, you know, my life changes, uh, it's just kind of weird how many people really uh, go, <laughs> oh, Lizzie from Maths, and I'm like, oh, yeah, but that's like... That's just a part of what you've done, like even though it's three and a half years. And let's kind of talk about that because it's such a juggernaut of a show and you know as well as I do that you would not be in the public eye without it. Uh, You wouldn't have the the contracts and things that you do if you hadn't been on that show. But now that you've done it twice, looking back on both experiences, would you have done anything differently? No. Yeah. Do you know what I think was actually, so a lot of people saying to me, oh my God, why would you go back a second time after you were treated? And it was to show specifically, I did aim it at young women that no matter how badly you're treated, girl, you just pick your shit up and you go again. And that is such an important message. Yes. Yes, queen. Who cares what people were saying? Who cares how much people were trashing me on on certain levels? And it's like, who cares? I'm going to get up. I'm going to do it again because why, why not? Why should someone else's opinion inhibit me from living my life. And this is something I don't think I've ever asked you before, but going back on a second time, were you contracted to get a happy ending? No. Okay. So how did it work? What do you mean? Well, (laughs) because (laughs) honestly it's like you you had a shit time with Sam Ball and then you come into the second experiment and then you literally get given, you know, Seb, this Adonis giant who is also a giant like you. Um, Actually, everybody, when you see Lizzie and I together, it's hilarious. I am five foot four (laughs) and Lizzie's like seven million feet tall. And so... (laughs) Like only 5'10", dude. Like I'm 5'10". I know, but compared to me, uh, (laughs) compared to me, Little bit like just sitting under your armpit. (laughs) No, so a lot of people thought that there was like a contract that had to get a happy ending. Myself was kind of thought, all right, so my initial thing was like, I'm going to show people no matter how badly treated you are, you just get up and you go again, right? But then I thought they were going to stitch me up again. Really? Because I, my thing was like, yeah, I thought they were going to, I thought they just wanted um, ratings. Because I do know that I did give them a lot, like specifically me when I first on there, I was like, people were just, they couldn't fathom (laughs) my appearance. They were just like, what is this? Like a lot of people like, it's so tragic, but I can't stop looking. So people really invested in, in me. And um, I think because I didn't, I didn't hide afterwards either. I was just like, oh, I'm going to do my life. And I did, but I didn't dedicate my Instagram to the show or talking trash about other people. I literally started posting about my friends and, you know, I was, um, there was a lot of body positivity on my Instagram at that particular point and talking about certain things. Um, but other than that, I didn't really bring, I didn't trash anyone really on there. I didn't, I mean, there was a few moments, you know, but we were trying to navigate it, but other people really went and slandered, um, others or blame, you know, did all this. And I just kind of kept going with my own Instagram. I think a lot of people were just like, wow, she didn't really 
Do you know what I mean? Like emphasize the show so much afterwards like other people would. You were literally like, let's move on, I've done it now. And then you got to do a second season, but then it's like, let's move on, I've done it now. And, you know, I was just thinking about this while you were talking because I'm like staring at you. You look so spectacularly beautiful. And I'm just like, did you ever in your a million years think you'd be modelling? Oh, um, so before I got sick, uh, yeah, I used to get approached for modelling and I did a bit of modelling. Oh, wow, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're I've such just, like, a natural. Yeah, so that's where it came from. So I've done photo shoots and that before. So I used to be scouted all the time. So actually another thing too about being approached. So when I got really sick, I lost my appearance because those heavy medications fluctuate with your weight. Um, you know, I got a lot of like I developed psoriasis. I did like a thick plaques on my body. I just had a lot of medication reactions where I didn't look like myself. And um, I said to him, if I ever got, because it was a lot for a young girl to lose her appearance. Yeah. Like oh, I, totally. I had no control on anything. Um, and so it was kind of like, if I ever got offered to do anything ever again, I'd just take it. So that, that was also there as well. So I got offered maps because I was like, I kept, when I was a young girl, I kept being approached for modeling all the time, like walking down the street. Like it was just not, it was just all, always happened to me. So that's where, you know, but I never went through with it because I was like, I was so sick and I didn't want to start something that I knew this underlying thing was like going to take a toll on my life and I needed to get help soon. So yeah, that's where the modeling sort of thing. So it's weird because obviously people don't know that. And so I've done a bit of modeling now, like after the show and people are like, oh, she's changed like the appearance. And it's like, I literally, it was six months after getting off um, the disability pension that I appeared on the show and I was just trying to navigate life. So when I was healing, I didn't, I wasn't, um, having caffeine or anything like that and my body is so with what they were kind of like thinking was going on with me that I needed more high carbs and I knew that worked so I just put on weight but then like because I was trying to make it work I wasn't drinking caffeine I gave it all up and so being so sick and having all my energy taken from me and then and being light sensitive as well like guys that that feels like um, a hangover Oh, like a um, constant hangover. No, constant that's hangover. Horrid. Yeah. <laughs> no. So basically, no, 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 like, no, yeah, no. So that, but that's what it feels like. Like it just feels like drained and just feels like you can't focus. And it's really, um, it's, it's a lot to deal with on a daily. So it's funny because I go to the shopping center or go out like during the day and I always have my sunglasses on. I look like the biggest douche. <laughs> like the big like, hint she thinks she is. Like she's just a reality, an ex-reality star. And I'm like, dude, the light. No, like, the light is really bothering but you. But I do. I look like a douche. And also like my face is like a resting bitch face. So when I even met Seb, like he was like, who is this chick? Because I was having gut, um, I get gut issues um, and I was having troubles. And I was, I was eating like minuscule, mo- like at that point. And he's like, and then the light was happening. So I remember we were traveling to go to the honeymoon area and we had the producers and Zeb was in the car with me and I had my sonny's on. And I'm just like, eh. and they're like, oh, I'm trying to talk to me. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't. Like, and I had these big black sunnies on and he's like, you had that fucking black, sorry, that black jumpsuit that I used to wear, my leather jacket. And I was like, oh. and he's like, who is this? Who is this girl that thinks she's Please, a shit? You're and they're a like, diva. oh, what do you want to eat? <laughs> I know that's what he thought. And they're just like, oh, we're going to stop eating. What do you want to think? I'm just like, I'm just going to sit here and just, 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 just like, I'm just a bit of a diva. Don't worry about me. Yeah. So he was like, <laughs> what is this girl's problem? And I remember explaining, trying to explain the health conditions because he cracked the shits at me. So they had to put that in a bit of that. Um, in the show because he couldn't understand like what my attitude yeah. was. But I was like, oh my God, I'm just, no, because I was so sick. And I was like, I didn't know what his intentions were. Um, and it was weird because I had trouble with him because he was so 
if you ever met him in person, he has this thing where even on a personal level, if he does something douchey, like you just go, oh, it's Seb. <laughs> you just look at him, you're just like, oh. And so that was really apparent like early on. And then, um, yeah, like I just explained it to him. And, oh, my God, like he just, he started cry- like it was hard for him to process because he's like, I feel like such a dick. Yeah. But they had to put a bit up. They only touched a bit on, on it. The producer was just like, okay, well you guys have had a fight. And like, I was pissed. I was like, I'm not going to go near another person who just like, just thinks that they know my whole life. Like, I've already dealt with that, but he was genuinely. And he's a massive marshmallow, right? Like he's actually big empath, like a bit of a massive marshmallow. Um, He feels a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay, so there's in America. He, we watched American Beauty, and he's just like the at the end. There's this plastic bag, and there's the <laughs> feeling he can see beauty and everything, but he feels yeah. so much. Like he actually feels so much. But it's funny because our chemistry was like, I don't know if I was just like really horny. <laughs> <laughs> because let me tell you, after doing the show, it was a bitch for my love life. Like that went <laughs> down the hill. Like. People were just trying to um, think I was more off the show or like they were like, they couldn't understand why I wasn't miserable. Like I was just like, oh, I'm happy. And they're just like, but what happened to you and how people talk about you in the media? Like, and I'm like, eh. Do you know what's so funny? The amount of like family um, who watched Married at First Sight and friends that knew, that know you and I are friends. Like if I haven't seen them for a few months or whatever, they'll be like, are Seb and Lizzie still together? And I'll be like, oh, no, like they broke up. And they'll be like, why? And I said, oh, you know, it's just just relationship, you know. Like obviously I know, but I'm not going to go into detail. But it's so amazing how many people are so genuinely invested in your relationship. But are they still really? Yes. Yesterday. I'm not even kidding. Like it's literally March and somebody asked me yesterday and I'm just like, I I don't know. I mean, I do know, but I'm not going to tell you. Let's speak about you and Seb. You met him on season seven and have since broken up. How are you going with the breakup? And also how are you enjoying, you know, posting random photos of him on Instagram and people losing their mind? Well, no. So here's the thing. Um, Seb and I, like, I tried to cut. Um, so after we um, mutually both, you know, we were still in contact every single day, like every second of the day, right? Um, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try and distance myself. Um, and I was trying to put it in place. But then it's also hard because we have, we had a place together. So bills would keep coming up. And so it's like, he'd be like, I know you didn't want to speak. Like, but because um, we're just trying to make it a bit easier. It was really, really hard and what people also don't know is because he's the first guy my first proper boyfriend the first guy that I've ever lived with I've shared so much with him he's also very good at understanding me and it's nice to have that comfortability but I think he's always on some level going to be in my life um oh, I love that. and we we just started so when the, like when the bills and that started coming in the conversation didn't stop yeah of course. So the conversation just sort of kept kept going with that, it and it's just that familiarity, and we both share so much. And yeah, it's just I'm not going to go too much into it. But what happened? So we were just like, okay, well, um, let's because his birthday was just the other day. My birth, my thirtieth was just the other day. So I was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, let's let's go somewhere. Let's just go to Queensland, and um, so we went and. 
I actually had the best time. Um, but what is so annoying because like obviously we have the show aspect and so people were like excited to take photos and we said, yeah, cool, but can you just take separate photos? Just because we wanted that kind of time. Like we're not stupid. We know people are going to be like, oh, oh they're back like together. La, la, yeah, la, la. and like he was yeah. – he was posting, but he wasn't posting me in it. I think there was like, you heard my voice in the back of one. And it's just, I, I, he said, oh, like your voice is in the back of it. And I said, you know, I don't really care. Just post it. But um, there was like, I know there was just people and one this family and they were so excited. And the woman was so beautiful. She's like, can I take a photo? I was like, yeah, separate. But then she sent it in somewhere. Oh, no. Are you serious? Yeah. And someone, yeah. And someone already spotted us because we all over, um, the place we were staying, it was near, um, the that big shopping center specific Pacific Fair. Anyway, so yeah, and then it was like immediate contact that said, What's happening, lovebirds and stuff like that? And we're just like, oh my God, like there's no tea for you. Like there's no drama. There's no tea. It's just like we're just we are still who are heavily involved heavily. in each other's lives. Yeah. And it's weird because people want an explanation. They want something like that. It's like, okay, we mm. share so much. Like we have shared so much and it's It's like more than that. Like it's more than what people what people see. And um, oh, so it's actually. I have to tell you what happened though. So while we're there, but um, no. But also, so people contacting us, and then I saw like people were just like, oh, if you can get a photo of them, and then someone had taken a photo. It was like the worst photo ever. And I was like, you could have asked for a photo. Like you don't have to be sneaky about it. Like I know, like obviously, like you guys are gonna send it in because some woman did. And it was like, so we just thought like we took up, we took a lot of happy snaps and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what stuff it just posted. Like, why does it, it doesn't have to be some big taboo thing. Like we still a huge part of my life. And it's kind of like on my, on my, my Instagram, like you see so many of the people that are actually in my life that the TV don't know about, audience don't know about. I'm like, Seb's still there. So stuff it. He's going to be back on there. But that's what I love about you is you control your own narrative. So you've really not spoken out about it. And I mean, I'm so grateful that you're even telling me this on air like we're talking right now. But, you know, you've really controlled your own narrative. And I think that is so important. I think that's something that, you know, a lot of the reality stars don't know that they can do. It's by going, I'm going to control my narrative. Like I always say, if I ever got in some sort of public persona, I would be like, yeah, I'm pregnant or yes, I'm having a baby or yes, I'm getting married or yes, I'm engaged and like actually control that narrative for myself because being a journalist, you know, we can turn anything into anything. You can literally get a photo of you two smiling and not even touching and like being on opposite ends of the bloody street and we could be like, oh, look, they're dating again and you might not have even seen each other. So it's like journalists can, you know, in a lot of in a lot of the reality kind of space, can turn things into some, into nothing. I don't personally do it, but I think that for you creating your own narrative, it is so incredibly important for your mental health and for your relationship. And I was going to say before, like you guys have shared experience. There is nobody in the world who has been Seb and Lizzie on Married at First Sight. But even the after, the after, the afterwards, like it's... <laughs> It was not like it was so weird because it's like I would even say to him, "Oh, I totally fucking forgot that like I met you on that," <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa, right? Because it was just like 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that part of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, okay, sort of thing. But um, Because once the cameras stop rolling, you're in a relationship. It's not like it's – and you were under no contract. The By the way, everyone, she was under no. no contract to stay with him for six oh, months. Oh, my God. So let me tell you what happened also. So I know one of the ex-cast, well, a couple of them, but one of them um, put out this thing. So when we – when Seb and I announced that we were, we weren't in a romantic relationship anymore um, – it was really shit because the reunion mm. was coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. And it was like, and I want to watch it just for my curiosity, but to see that was, oh, that was hard. Yeah. And then just people just going, going, oh, you know, they'll contract it, they'll pay, what's the money? Oh, shut <laughs> up. I don't know if I should say this or not, but reality stuff does not really pay. <laughs> I think everybody knows that, actually. Well, I think I've written a few stories yeah, about how exactly. much you're paid, like $100 a week or something ridiculous. And it's like people are just, you know, and Lizzie got paid all this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, my actual message is that no matter how much people will treat you like shit, you get back up and you ride that horse. Yeah, I love that. Sorry. Anyway, so, um, yeah, this person was just like, oh, yeah, they did it because of this, like straight after the reunion and like straight after the reunion just aired and I'd just seen it and I was like, oh, you were a mess. right. And, you were a mess. Oh, it was, that was, oh, my God, not speaking to him was so – I. Like even we had like I think it got seven days or ten days was the max we didn't speak. Oh my god! Like eight and neither like I know. And for those listening, oh sorry, for those listening, um, for those listening, Lizzie and I have a, a beautiful relationship for so many different reasons. And one of them is is that I actually read you a lot, and you always put it on your scam story, so it's no secret. Um, but you know, and and. <laughs> being there for you as your friend as well as, you know, someone who can see things really differently. It was, yeah. guys, it was gut-wrenching. She was devastated. and I'm going to start like Now yeah, she's going to start crying again because I always make you cry. I'm sorry. But it is, it's devastating. So, look, I uh, what I do want to know, and we don't need to talk about this anymore <laughs> because I feel terrible that you're even talking about it, but, you know, what is it like going through a breakup in a public sphere and just seeing all of these different things splashed everywhere of people thinking they know what is going on in your relationship? Again, Seb and I did like what we shared so many things, so many personal things. I was in a relationship. I lived with this man. That's another thing too. People are like, oh, whatever. I'm like, I lived. Mm. We, we lived, lived. Yeah. together. Like lived. We had bills together. We had all this together. We were like... At the beginning of our relationship, he'd be, because I was between Sydney and Newcastle, and so he'd be between Sydney and Newcastle, and then, because I rented a place out in Sydney, but I also stayed at my parents a lot because it's just like, I'm, I love my parents, and I, then I'd be in South Australia. So it was like all that going on, and then COVID hit, and it was like, it was just so, it, would, it just was all crazy impossible. So then Seb got a football deal so he could actually move over here and they would, they'd already secured a place so we wouldn't have to go through any of the hassle when like all that yeah of course you know the COVID and everything was happening so um yeah it's just when you have so many life experiences with someone and then you go oh yeah we met on a reality tv show and then people going oh yes contract it's fake and shit like that like I even remember doing the reunion and people were like oh you didn't sell anything to you didn't sell your relationship and we're like no no because it's a real relationship and that people forget that but that's a yeah, and but other people have like you know they you know they're in a relationship they're like you know people invested they want to make money if it like good on them but yeah, if for me and him it, 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 that's not it's not how we would do things and we're not saying what if anyone did, like it's a bad thing no like honey if you want to get that bread you get that bread but like. 
for you, you, this was a lived experience. You were living in this relationship. This is what you were, you know, this is this was your life and I can understand why you wouldn't want to sell that. Well, we had a conversation uh, very early on that we were not going to do it. Like if we like, we just, it wasn't for us. Seb hadn't been in a relationship for a very long time himself and we out. So I know I had jokes before and I was just like, oh, maybe I was just horny. But like seven, our connection on that physical level was immediate. That's what you need. Yeah. So, but people didn't understand that obviously because they're like, oh, as if you can be so, but there was something about him. Like he was just, I don't know. There's there something. We have we have that automatic, um, there's a chemistry there like seven and I have, right? Yeah. And you don't need so to make like, excuses for falling in love with someone, you know. This is this is for anybody listening, but it was just you know. Point. I've never had that chemistry with someone. So it was really weird. And I say that he stuffed up a lot of the things because I thought, that they just wanted a bit of spicy, a bit of drama or whatever like that. And then to actually meet this person and then like, so I, on the third or fourth week, like I turned around and said, you're my boyfriend now. I was like, and he's like, oh yeah. I'm just like, yeah, you're my boyfriend. And then we had a big conversation after one because what people also didn't see, there was one day that I actually um, got really sick because this week at weekends off, well, we had weekends off and I got really sick and I'm not going to go into too much details, but what he did for me was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like he, he, he didn't care. He just sat with me. He just looked after me. And I, I, he said, do you even want me in this room? I said, can you please leave? And he didn't care. He just sat down and I slack. I hadn't had a shower. Like I was so crook. Like I, cause I got a scout rash, like I had steroid all through my hair. Like I smelled like shit. I had an old fake tan. I couldn't even get to the, like I would, it was so hard for me to get the bathroom. And he was, I told him to leave and he didn't care. He didn't care. He just sat there with me. He was like, I don't care. I was like, whoa, like because other people would make such a deal about so many different things. He's just like, you know, he just sat through it. And so that was like a real testament to his character on that. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to just want to tell you one thing because like this actually happened. We're on the Gold Coast. So poor Seb. So we went to Pacific Fair because um, we have a mutual friend. So it's actually one of Seb's clients that he trains. And um, I'd spoken to her before back and forth and she actually owns a, a crystal um oh. She, she does these crystal things. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, um, we took her out to get some food and we're walking around because we didn't know the area and we're just getting lost. Anyway, so Haley actually was walking up from the show that was saying the one saying that we we're contracted. Yeah. So she walked up and poor Seb because Seb. That doesn't read too much of the media stuff. So yeah. he's actually doesn't understand that you can't, well, he knows now, but he just doesn't, <laughs> didn't understand that not everyone was actually your friend. Um, so he didn't, he didn't, it took a long, a lot of time for him to realize that. Anyway, so he was just startled and he goes, Oh, look, it's um, Haley. <laughs> you know, and then, yeah, and this girl's like just smiling. She's like hugging him and stuff like that. Like they hugged, like it was an awkward thing. And I kept walking with this this girl that um mutual friend of Seb and myself. And then I just looked back and he's like, oh, because he didn't know what to like poor Seb was so like, oh, <laughs> oh, and I only told him recently what she'd actually like. Well, not recently, it happened. I told him like a week later or whatever what she actually said, right? Anyway, um, especially when he and I both were having a really hard time yeah. with it. And then um she just was there smiling at me and I just shook my head. Right. And I said, no. No, thank you. And then she just walked off. I was like, no, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to be false. Like she, you know, mm. just smile in my face. Like even if it is an awkward encounter, like she was just like, uh, I'm just like, <laughs> no, no, oh because I don't, you can't, 
I had such personal things with him. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was something I was very protective of. Yeah. Very protective. And that's why we don't talk, we don't talk about. And I think like, you know, you being on a show like that is that people are so invested in your relationship and people think that that's you guys are their relationship. You, They think that they own your relationship. And I think that's something that people need to realise is that you actually, it's like, you know, Lee and Georgia from The Bachelorette are now married and have this beautiful relationship. I'm sure that they have stuff that goes on that we don't know about. And that's important that you protect aspects of your relationship. And I think you guys did the right thing. And also by not going out and outwardly speaking, I know this is the most you've ever spoken about this relationship so and I and I appreciate that I think you've done the right thing by holding and protecting something that's your own and who cares if you're going out and being friends do you know the amount of people that are probably a listening and b who judge your relationship um who've done the exact same thing we all go back to exes we all go back to being friends with them we all have to ride that journey of being with an ex it's just you guys are living a true life relationship just because you met on a show it doesn't mean that you know it's it's it just doesn't mean that it's not real and I think that a lot of people forget that in terms of what you just kind of touched on something that I wanted to ask you and there's been so much you know back and forth and particularly with the UK now airing the show there's been a lot of negativity about the show but you do genuinely choose to stay out of it what is that choice about I just think that a lot of people that have agreed to do um interviews for the UK like it's exciting the UK audience is excited and everything <laughs> like are. that but I'm about the part of my life is done mm-hmm. and I don't want to rehash things or tear other people down like I choose to grow as a person and become the best version of myself I'm not going to hold on to things and try slandering another person or being like no this is what really happened blah 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 yeah. like a lot of these people you had your chance to say certain things you should have done it prior um, you know, again, it's the media to search the web. Anyone can see like yeah. what the actual interviews were, like what was actually said. I just don't have, it's not that the, you don't like, I mean, I think it's great. The UK is so interested. You know what I mean? Like it's actually really cool, but I can't, you know, like if they wanted to, they could look at my past interviews. Do you know what I mean? And kind of go, what was happening when that was actually happening that part of my life. But it's so long ago for me. And again, I was only on the show for around three weeks. Yeah, that's insane. They filmed me for around three weeks. I cannot weeks. believe you were so- on that show for three weeks. Like there was the pizza, there was the Nutella, there was the funeral, there was the, you know, the, oh, my God, like the amount of, you were like, and I've said this to you before, you know, offline, that you are, you know, a very, 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 very pivotal part of that entire season and they wouldn't have asked you back if you, you weren't so exciting to yes. people. But would you do it again? No. Oh, my God, the amount of people that are like every time there's a new season, they're like, is Lizzie coming back? Is Lizzie doing round three? (laughs) Never again, Lizzie? But that's another thing. So it's so weird because the first person I was paired with, like I didn't even know that person and I have such a flare-up and such controversy with this person that I was like. That you knew for less than three weeks. If I pass on. I know, right? like, but I didn't even like, again, because I was away for some of it because I got sick during filming and then he was like doing whatever he was doing. And then I think we spent like three nights together. And it's like, it's really weird because we got a, we got along in those three nights. But so it's weird 
what was actually happening and how they sort of pieced it together and then what he was actually saying when I was like, we actually, like, we're watching, like, Nirvana documentaries and everything. Um, oh, my gosh. That's you know, so like, cool. Having dinner together and, like, like. Uh, so it was weird what was actually being said about me so that that was kind of like whoa because I know it was only like three nights whatever like that but we just like we're just platonic actually you know how you said it was really weird how they piece it together as a journalist one of my my biggest tips to anybody going on reality tv is do not use the the age-old excuse they edited me that way because if it comes out of your mouth you said it it's yes, like, they do. Oh Sometimes they do edit it though. Like when it's like, hello, how are you? Like it goes into like, okay, so it does edit the, different words together. They're editing certain things together. But like, again, you did that. So I love it when the age old thing of like the cheating and stuff like that, when they all go, I was retained a certain way, this, blah, blah, you still do it. Or if they go, I was acting. Well, that person, the other person wasn't aware you're acting, so it's still lying. Still lying. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I never like, thought about it that way. But think about it, they go, oh, I was acting, oh, I did this and that. But it's like, but other people weren't aware, so you still do those actions and you still were lying to that person, regardless if you were acting or whatever like that. Like, I know for my case and stuff like that, like, I wasn't aware what's going on. So it's like, oh, I was acting it in. I'm like, but it's called, it's called lying. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's called that's, lying because uh, I didn't yeah, know anything. You know what I mean? But that's, yeah, that's how you I didn't know. It. No, yeah, so I didn't know. So it's like you can people can say as much as they want. Oh, I was, you know, acting or whatever like that. But it's like you still did those actions, and other people weren't aware of it. So it's lying. And in terms of being on that, the whole experience, because I know there's so much more to you than Married at First Sight. Sometimes I watch myself back, and it's like I get a little giggly, and I was like, <laughs> I actually was on TV. <laughs> I think I like me. you because you're, re- yeah, I think I like you because you're relate relatable. Like you're so relatable. Like you're just this chick who just doesn't give a flying fuck, and you're like, whatever. Like I can't believe they asked me to be on there. Do you know what I mean? Like when they all go about the dinner parties, how are you feeling and everything? I'm like, you're putting me on TV. All right, let's have fun. <laughs> let's have fun she says let's have fun so, <laughs> I loved so, dinner parties I loved them when oh. I was filming I loved them I was just like yeah let's get in there did you go in with an agenda or did you did you ever go in knowing what you what was going to happen no I just like to sometimes throw things out there oh my god I love it just to see like because I had this ability I know but I had this ability to like if I started up then everyone would be like <laughs> like that I just have this so that's what I also think they <laughs> like about me I throw one word out or a couple of sentences then it just starts everyone off so I even know with like the the reunion from C- series six like everyone was really quiet and then I just basically kicked off and then love that everyone started up <laughs> let's wrap up the maths conversation by telling us what you really learned, telling us. I'm like, me and my 30,000 audience members, I mean, telling me. Let's wrap up this bit by saying, what did you learn from this entire experience? The entire maths experience? Yeah. Just be true to yourself. Do you know what I mean? Just just do you. This is your experience. This is your journey. Um, I'm a big believer, even when I talk to my girlfriends and they'll be talking about certain, like, relationships they're having or you know, whether it be romantic or just friendships or just work relationships. And I say, remember, this is your story. Like, cause you know how there's a lot of back and forth and it's like, that's their story. And we're always going to be painted a certain way to some people. And that's their story. So you're the villain in someone's story, but also you're, you know, you could be someone's hero in someone's story. You just got to do the best you can for yourself. And I just, 
I'm a big believer in that. I feel like people are too worried about what other people think about them. This is your story to tell and you just do you because at the end of the day, you're, it's you. You're the one carrying yourself, you know. So what's next for Lizzie? So we're now coming out of a th- like three and a half years of Married at First Sight. We're coming out post-breakup. We're in a really good place with Seb. What is going to be next for you? What are we going to see next from Lizzie? I think for the next few months, I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing now. So just rebuilding myself. I think people are always in a rush these days and I just need to, you know, some personal growth, but I think I might even go study. I don't, I don't know if I even want, um, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that go on different reality shows and stuff afterwards, like Married at First Sight or whatever like that, or any Bachelor or whatever, like or whatever, any reality TV, but um, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. But I don't know if that is the path I would yeah. go down. I don't know if I'm kind of going to pull back completely, to be honest. You've got your platform now and, you know, you're using it for such – you're using it for good, which is, is which is what, you know, anyone should be really doing. Mm-hmm. I guess my final question before we wrap up oh, uh, is what advice would you give your younger self knowing what you know now? It's going to be okay. I would give her a hug and say it's going to be all okay. <laughs> so emotional. Um, yeah, I'd give her I a hug too. and say it's all going to be okay. <laughs> that is so beautiful because it is going to be okay. Look at you, you're just thriving. And you've gotten through the hard times. And, guys, this is the real Lizzie. She's she's epic. She's incredible. She's the most loyal friend you could ever have. And I am so grateful for you to come onto my podcast and be my first guest and be my friend forever. And I honestly love you. Well, I love you too. And I just think you've got a very, very good heart. And I only ever want to encourage. Oh, thank you but so much. They even want people to forget about me by the end of the year. just want to encourage the love. Of Anita. I don't know. That's so weird that I said that, but you know what I mean. That is so, so weird. weird. We don't know why she said that, but that's okay. Yes, we want to encourage love. We do encourage love on this show and we will continue to encourage love on this show. And Lizzie, thank you so much for being my very first guest and I love you so much. I love you. Bye. Bye. Well, that was such a good chat. Thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of my new podcast. On next week's show, we have actor, producer, model, director, and super mum, Tahina McManus, who not only was nine months pregnant when we recorded, but she also revealed something very, very cool about her most infamous TV show, Blue Water High. And if you love this chat, please don't forget to rate, subscribe and review and follow me on Instagram at thegoodchatpod and at anitaannabelle underscore. Make sure you tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Good Chat. I can't wait to see you then. Bye. This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners, including references to suicide. Please check the show notes for a more detailed description and contact Lifeline if you need support on 131114.